Hello, and welcome to the Elemental Entrepreneurship Podcast, where we discuss the earth, air, fire, water, and spirit elements of building a thriving, sustainable, successful, creative, heart-centered business and life. I am so excited because today I'm here with Ashley of Starseed Shadows. Ashley is an intuitive channeler that works directly with the Akashic Records, Tarot, and Astrology. She's been studying the occult for over 10 years and specializes in shadow work and group coaching. Ashley believes that your birth chart is the blueprint of the soul, and through understanding your birth chart, you have the ability to unlock hidden parts of the soul. And I found Ashley kind of randomly online. And she was teaching a black moon Lilith in your birth chart for business free mm-hmm. workshop. And I was like, Oh, I'm all about all of those words. I want to go to that. Yeah. And I came and I loved your energy so much. And I loved how you presented the information so much. And it made me realize we haven't talked on the podcast about ways to use astrology in your business. And I reached out immediately after that workshop and I was like, come be on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And, let's be friends. and so here we are. So welcome, Ashley. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited too. So we like to, at the top of the show, um, well, I like to let everyone know your sun, moon, and rising and your human design type and authority and just like a little bit about you. I love it. Um, Okay. So I'm a Sagittarius sun, cancer rising, Aquarius moon, and my human design type and authority. I'm a one, three projector. That's all I know about it. Love it. <laughs> so, and then a little bit about me, um, where to even begin? Uh, I have an undergrad in biology. I have a master's in business and hospitality. I love, love, love to travel. I've been to a lot of places. My partner and I are doing the K-1 visa. He's over in Ecuador. Um, I have a dog and a cat and they're amazing and I love them. And this is what I do. And I feel very, very grateful that this is the work that I do and it's cool. So, yeah. How did you get into astrology? What was your first experience with that? My first experience with that was my grandma talking about it, actually. So like me being like this young kid and just, you know, kids listening to the adults talk and listening to my grandma gab about this new guy that she met and his sign and the sign of a friend of hers. And that's why she's acting like that, because she's a Gemini and like all of this stuff. So that was my first like my first core memory around astrology. And I was talking about this with somebody else the other day about that specific story that I believe that it became so ingrained in me because it's moments like that, that truly imprint on you. Like when you're so young, those memories with, you know, your grandparents and your parents and, you know, whoever's kind of involved. It's like when you get your first tarot deck, right. And it it may come from a family of somebody in your family or no, but it's like those moments just imprint on you so much and they really shape who you are and how you show up later on in life. It's, fascinating. Yeah. fascinating. I love Mm -hmm. that. And where are you from? Where's your family from? Upstate New York, Rachacha, the dirty rock. Yeah. Which I I think I told you that's where my dad's from. Isn't that funny? Yeah. It's crazy. I love that. So that's so cool. Grandma's so cool. That's amazing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then what, what led you to start to really get into it for yourself and be like, Oh, this is giving me like big information about my life. 
That's a great question. So, you know, being young, I'd say 10-ish, it'd be listening to grandma go on and on about astrology. And of course I'd pick it up. So it was in my teens when I'm asking people their signs. It was in my teens when I was studying astrology. I got my first book on Wicca in my teens and started creating altar, like altars somewhere in there. And it was when I kind of let go of religion and moved more into the occult and spirituality Again, in in my early teens was when that kind of happened. It's always kind of been in the background for me. I got my first tarot deck around 17 and then I went to college and I went to college with a bunch of atheists and agnostic people, which is cool. I've got to learn a whole different viewpoint on life, right? But, you know, they weren't as receptive of the witchy shit. So that was interesting. It was interesting to be like, did you know even twins have different birth charts in my animal behavior class? Just like literally just like proving my point on repeat um, gave me really thick skin, if you will. And um, after college, I came back home and just kind of fell back into it. It was really during my Saturn return where I was kind of like, what are we doing here? Like, are, are we going left? Are we going right? Are we going straight? Are we going up? Are we going down? What are we doing here? Cause we're kind of just coasting right now. And um, I just kind of allowed Saturn to show me what Saturn needed to show me during my Saturn return. And that was, we're building a business here. Things just kind of fell into place. So yeah. I love that. And this is such a beautiful segue to talking about using astrology, right? So Mm -hmm. what we talked about, like for anyone who doesn't know about what Saturn return is, you want to give just like a quick and dirty on Saturn return? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Saturn stays in each Zodiac sign for about two, two and a half years. So a Saturn return is very similar to the same thing as a solar return. A solar return is your birthday. It's when the sun goes right back to the spot it was at when you were born. Same thing with all of the planets. Some just take longer than others. Astrologers put a big emphasis on Saturn returns because Saturn is this planet of discipline and time and structure. There's lots of lessons with Saturn. So when we go through our Saturn returns, they tend to be important points in our lives. It tends to happen three times, right around two and a half, another time right just before 30, and another time right around 50. The terrible twos, that turning 30, and then your midlife crisis, not by accident. Yeah, I love that. And so what my experience of Saturn return both was and is in like for my life and then the lives of people around me is that Saturn returning to the point it was at your birth, because it's so much about structure is like, if the structures you've built in your life up till that point are really good and supportive and where you want them to be, they become more ingrained. And if they're Mm -hmm. not where they should be, like the shit is getting torn down. And that's why for most people that like 28 to 30 window is such a portal and so transformational is because Mm -hmm. like a lot of the things that were happening for you in your twenties are not what you're going to carry with you into your thirties. And Mm -hmm. there may be some like big shedding, the ending of relationships, changing Mm -hmm. career, moving, like all these big changes to happen for people around that window. And when you're aware of it and you know what's happening, like you just said, you chose to let Saturn show you when you're aware of it, you know what's happening. You can choose to, I'm thinking like Aikido, right? For people who know martial arts, like there are types of fighting karate where you go against the force of someone else's energy and you try to combat it. And with Aikido, you use the force of the energy coming at you. So like someone rushes at you and you like roll them over your back. I love that analogy. Right. And so I'm thinking about, you know, when you know what's happening, you can choose to go with 
what's happening versus struggle against it and right. let it be transformational. Let it be instructive. Let yourself be in the portal. Mm-hmm. You know the same way about like Mercury retrograde. Like if you're mm-hmm. willing to slow down and to not move at the speed of capitalism, then Mercury retrograde is like this beautiful, regular check-in to like mm-hmm. with yourself exactly really with the energy and not fight against it. And so those exactly. are examples for me of ways that I quote unquote use astrology is to like, once I have the awareness of it, I can choose to rock with it. Mm-hmm. Some other ways that you feel like we, so if somebody say they are starting a business or trying to put their work out there, what are some ways that they might be able to use astrology to support them in that endeavor? Yeah. Um, well, let's start with, I think the easiest, which is branding, right? What are your colors? You know, what are your fonts? What, what sort of feel do you want people to have when they enter your orbit on Instagram? You want to work with your big three and most people know their big three, their rising sun and their moon and branding for your rising sign is, is it's clutch, right? So for example, my rising sign is cancer, which means that the moon is my chart ruler. So when I'm working with my color patterns, when I'm working with my posting, when I'm working with any of that, I am making sure that I'm using moonlight colors, whites, grays, deep purples, dark blues, silvers, gold, all of that. I want to embody that Cancerian energy, right? That nurturer type of energy, that mother type of energy. You're safe when you come in here. I work a lot with intuition and I work a lot in the Akashic records, right? So there's a lot of like ethereal, other dimensional work happening when you come into my orbit, when you come into my universe that's all designed on purpose because our rising sign is how we show up it's what we give up it's when somebody first meets me they are meeting the rising sign of me they're meeting that sort of energy so I really really like to use that because it's almost kind of like we tend to be the most comfortable in our rising sign. And I'm sure you know this old school astrologers used to go by rising signs over sun signs. Uh, I, we, there's a lot of emphasis on the rising sign and it's super important when it comes to business as well. And then that sun sign, you know, when they are in session with you, how's that looking, right? So my Sagittarius, it's very direct and to the point. It's that almost kind of like that tough love, but it's almost kind of like I'm coming to you with factual information and fact check me and that explorer type of archetype. Like, let's go deeper. Let's get deeper. Let's get into it. And, you know, the moon sign, it's the subconscious body. It's the emotional body. It's how we feel. So you want to weave your moon signs energy through your actual verbiage, through your actual content, right? Like my moon sign being Aquarius, we're the weirdos, we're the outcasts. You know, Aquarius rules aliens and futuristic thought and all that. Aquarius rules the internet. So you might want to weave some of those concepts throughout your content as well. Um The big three, I think, is probably the easiest to start with and the easiest to grasp. You know, when people are first starting out, the first things you want to do is get, you know, how am I going to look? How are my colors going to look? All of that. So, yeah. And um, what do you think about um, pulling a separate chart for your business from yourself? I think it's important and I think it's necessary. Um, So... Going back to, as an example, my business, my business is an Aquarius, an Aquarius sun, a Leo rising. So 
I incorporate the Cancerian energy, but also the Leo energy. For example, Leo loves to be like front and center and on the camera. So I use utilize my stories to show off what I'm doing throughout the day. Like my business and my Instagram isn't just for aliens, astrology, and the Akashic records. You'll see me working out. You'll see me hanging out with my dog. You'll see me making coffee, what I'm eating for dinner. Cause that Leo energy loves to be very personable. Look at me. This is what I'm doing. So that's how I kind of incorporate and weave that in there together. And so, yeah, I love that. So what if someone's like the chart for your business is very different than your personal birth chart? Mm. that's a great question uh, I just want to throw out there and this is my understanding you can tell me what you think when I talk about pulling a chart for your business you could pull that you could say that the birth date of your business is the day you came up with the name you could use the time you filed your LLC like you get to kind Mm -hmm. of intuitively decide Mm -hmm. the birthday Mm -hmm. and time of your Mm -hmm. business I totally agree I totally agree so um in my opinion I feel like if the birth chart for your business is very different than your personal birth chart I personally feel like that would be up to the business owner, how they want to incorporate it. Right. Because the thing about it is our business is an extension of ourselves. So I I don't necessarily think it would be wrong to utilize your personal birth chart for your branding or your message and maybe weave in the business birth chart. I also don't think it'd be wrong the other way around. I don't think it would be wrong if you wanted to use just your business birth chart and yours. A lot of business, and I'm sure you can relate, is trial and error. You know, let's say, let's say your business is a Taurus rising, but you are a an Aries rising, totally different vibes, right? You know, play with it. Maybe utilize reds and oranges and golds for a while and then switch it up and utilize greens and yellows and softer colors for um for Taurus, textiles, stuff like that. Change it up and notice, look at your algorithm, look at your analytics. What's getting more energy and also what feels good? Do you feel like showing up with that Taurus energy or does it feel better for you to show up with that Aries energy? Because at the end of the day, potential clients and people that enter into your sphere, they are going to sniff out uncomfortability. They're going to know if it's not feeling right. They're going to know if you feel uncomfortable with whatever it is you're saying. So what feels good? for the person as they're showing up pretty openly online. Nobody said this work is easy. We're pretty much naked online. Like this is me. You want to be the most comfortable that you can. And if you follow my dance page, you know that I'm literally pretty naked online. Yeah. yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Um, That's so interesting. I also, it made me think that, um, so like uh, my personal birth chart, my Venus is in Aries and in my business, chart venus is in virgo and so Ooh, it just makes me think that, like for me personally love and beauty and romance might feel like excitement and passion and intensity mm-hmm. and unpredictability mm-hmm. and things being really fiery but my business which is its own entity feels love through structure and routine mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and when it has that is very caring and like very mm-hmm. caring in return but it experiences and gives love in this different way than I might personally and that as it's 
caretaker, the caretaker of my business, the parent of my business, the same way you would use, like, know your child's birth chart to be like, oh, yeah. what my kid needs. Yeah. Like, my business feels loved when I give it routine and structure, even though yeah. like, I feel love as like being on the fly and being excited, like everything. Mm-hmm. And so that's like a compromise that mm-hmm. I think my business in like, I always think about business being very parallel to our romantic life. And I feel like they're ruled by the same ch- chakras, right? Because right. The sacral stuff that comes up with creativity and relationships and then right. safety, like they're, they're very right. parallel. And so just thinking about that, like, it, I don't know, I'm just thinking about like, oh yeah, like we're in this symbiotic relationship where by knowing the chart of my business, I'm in a better position to know what it needs and how yeah. to take care of it. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Um. So maybe also thinking about like, do you use, I do this. Do you use astrology to help you plan when you're going to do things in your business, when you're going to launch, when you're going to do things, when you're going to start things? Yeah, I do. I do it, but it's not like a necessary. So there are certain things I look out for, you know, I believe we are still in this window where everything is direct. I think everything is going to be direct for a little bit. So it is a good time to launch stuff because all the planets are direct, you know, all the energy is flowing the way it should be flowing. Not to say that a retrograde is when it shouldn't be flowing. I'm like slowly trying to get rid of the retrograde stigma, you know, (laughs) but it is nice. It's nice. And, you know, there are certain things like, for example, there's this workshop that I'm going to be launching and it's going to be super spiritual. And I decided to launch it on the Venus Neptune conjunction because that's going to be a nice little pocket of just an oomph of spiritual energy happening within the cosmos. Right. So that's kind of how I use it. You know, when it comes to launching bigger things, I do, I do look at the charts. I do, you know, to answer your question directly, I do like to know what's happening up there before I choose a date. And depending on what's happening depends on whether or not I choose that date. Um, You know, for example, if there's a hard aspect like Pluto square Mars, we're not choosing that date. You know what I mean? And it also is quite dependent on what's happening in the collective. Speaking of Pluto, you know, we're all abuzz about this Pluto, this, this Pluto return that's happening within the United States. And, you know, what's happening over, you know, the course of three points is going to hit back at 27 degrees. So because of that, it's almost like you want to be quite aware of how this energy is impacting the collective before you just kind of come in with something that might not be as received as well as it could be should you have chosen another date. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean that, I think that goes for all of us as business owners too. We're always riding this fine line between like business has got a business, like Uh especially online, we're constantly aware of the crises and intensity that's happening all over the world. The outrage, the injustices, the very Uh fast moving public outrage with different corporations. Like there's Uh so many things that are moving so quickly and just by virtue of being in the public sphere, like we're kind of expected to like know everything, understand it, make a decision about it, have an opinion mm-hmm. about it, make a public stand about it right away. And it's too much, right? Like, there's mm-hmm. like too much going on all the time. Mm-hmm. We're not designed to know this much about this many things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, um, but we are constantly in this position as business owners of looking at everything that's going on and being like, is this a quote unquote good time? Right. Selling for me to be launching. Mm-hmm. And there are 
there are moments where you have to read the room and be yeah. like, it's not a good moment for me to be selling stuff. And then there are mm-hmm. other moments where you're like, Hey, there's a world tragedy every single day. And this is still my job. And I have to make money. I have to sell. Like, I don't have a choice. Like Starbucks doesn't close. Right. And there's, you know, a, mm-hmm. a problem somewhere. They're just open every day. People are mm-hmm. coffee mm-hmm. to problems. We always, mm-hmm. um, always so- need coffee. Yeah. But I do think like, in addition to the astrology, like the astrology can support some of the energies, but always looking, we're always looking at what's going on with the stock market. What's going on with people financially? What's going on with mm-hmm. you know the pandemic? Are people spending money right now? What's yeah. Consumer trends yeah. always as business owners, kind of this like barometer reading, mm-hmm. the room, like what's going on with everyone. And then what do I need to do to take care of myself financially? And right. What do I want to do? Like, I'm all excited about this project and like, oh damn, do I have to put it on hold because the winds are shifting? Right. Way? Right. And, and there's not a, there's not a static answer to that. It is, I feel very case by case. Mm-hmm. Definitely. 100%. 100%. I think that, you know, for me, I don't watch the news. I don't get into all of that stuff. And it's it's very purposefully. And I've noticed transitioning into a business owner, I've kind of had to at least know. I had the luxury before this was my full-time gig to not have to worry about that or not have to worry about world events happening, affecting my clients, myself, my bag, the whole nine. And, you know, you bring up a very, very valid point. You know, you have to know, you know, for example, all the chaos around the vaccine. I was so checked out of that nonsense because for me, I'm like, why are people worried about what everybody else is doing? You worry about you, you worry about you. Why are we literally fighting? It literally like, you know, and anybody that's listening knows this too. It, it, pulled the spiritual community apart, this whole stuff around the vaccine, I had to know. I had clients asking me my thoughts. I had to know about this. Whereas if this would have happened a couple of years ago, I'd be like, I don't care. Not my business, not my problem. I'm all set. And I just, I just find it fascinating what you were saying in regard to that, because there is a level of awareness you kind of have to have, especially as a business owner in this realm, in the spiritual realm, because people do look to you for guidance and they look to you for help. And they look to you to want to know what your thoughts are in these big, huge world events that may be affecting them. You never know anybody's story, right? You don't know how some of these, these things that are happening globally, how they may be affecting somebody who is always watching your stories or who is always DMing you. You may not know that. And so there is almost a responsibility that you kind of have to have in this world. And uh, it comes with the territory. So great point. I was yeah. here for it. Oh, yeah. man. it mo- and it moves so fast. It does. I just want to extend grace to all of us. Like I, mm-hmm. I know one that happened for me recently. I don't know if you grappled with this as well because you have your own podcast, but there was a big push for people to leave, to pull their podcast off of Spotify um, around Joe Rogan. It was like some, you know, I heard there was something crazy happening with Joe Rogan. And I was like, I'm not in Joe Rogan verse. I don't even know what's happening. And then people are like, well, you know, Spotify 
enabled Joe Rogan and his platform and he's a racist. And so lots of people are choosing to leave Spotify. What did he do that was racist? Because, you know, I, I love Joe Rogan. I listen to a ton of his podcasts. I've learned a lot from Joe Rogan and it would really disappoint me for those of you listening. I'm a person of color. It would really disappoint me if he's out there doing shady stuff. And it's just kind of like at this point, I don't even know what to think. I don't know. Well, I I don't know what he did. I will say that. But there, for me, what was a bigger thing is like the speed with which we as business owners are expected to adopt new (laughs) information and make a decision that could actually affect our livelihood. Right. The size of creator where it it is viable for you to pull your podcast off of Spotify. Why would you do it? And then what are the alternatives, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes we make these, I see these moves to have like a brash reactive boycott. And in some cases, boycotts make sense and are really effective. Mm -hmm. And in other cases, I'm like, what? Hold the phone. We'll take PayPal. Mm -hmm. Like Peter Thiel, super racist. And we just like, where? Where's the line? And again, this is not what aboutism, but what I'm trying to say is like, we're all so enmeshed in a global system that is rooted in white supremacist, ableist, capitalist patriarchy that like literally, unless you go live on a farm and grow all your own Mm -hmm. and stop interacting with Mm -hmm. the system. They they think, you know, Joe Rogan is the only one that's racist of people that we buy from and that we support unknowingly. He just got found out. If that were the case, I don't know what he did. So I don't know enough to speak on it, but you bring up a lot of valid points. And I just feel like the only way we're going to have a collective shift, a collective change is if we keep doing our work. We continue to do this sort of soul work and continue to move through these platforms and expand our reach as far as we can. That is the only way creating change is actually going to happen. Not boycotting Spotify, which is my second most used uh, platform for the podcast. Because people that, get our content. And so right. as a small business, those the expectation that we make these fast decisions are, and it's gone, right? This happened a few weeks ago and it's gone. But the other thing that happened, the layers of online business that happen is there's right. public outrage. Then there's the response where a bunch of people say, we're all going to pull our podcast off of Spotify. And then mm-hmm. there's the response to the response where people are like, well, I'm not going to pull my podcast off of Spotify. And then there's a the wave of virtue signaling where people are like, how dare you not make that choice? And then mm-hmm. there's that response where people are like, hey, this is a personal choice for creators. And we want to honor that it's a hard choice for artists and musicians and mm-hmm. podcasters mm-hmm. and people who need Spotify for their business mm-hmm. to make the decision to do that. And like, it, it all happens in the span of like, 24 hours literally 24 hours and then literally people looking at you like well what's your position on this what's your well the thing about it is i think I'm like i don't know well well the thing about it is it's uh, i was thinking about this when you were saying that i feel like in a sense it may be even harder for you because you're white it you is. know people <laughs> are looking at you like what's your people know my position i'm gonna do me regardless so i feel like you know i'm in this quite peculiar position where people just let me be and leave me alone and just like enjoy my content and i can kind of say what i want and do what i want without any sort of backlash because i'm a black woman and that's how it should be you know we've we've had to work quite hard and we're still working and i think you know with there being a lot more attention placed on people of color and lgbtq and just you know people that are underrepresented minorities as, as white people that are on our team, it, it does happen quite quickly. Oh, we found out this person's a bigot. This person sucks. You support this person. Stop supporting them or you suck and you are a bigot too. And that sucks for you guys. <laughs> I, wish, I wish it were a little different. Yeah, it happens fast. Yeah, it happens fast. 
like the world moves <laughs> quite quickly and and there is um there is a feeling of 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 being scrutinized yeah and of course of wanting to wanting to be on the right side of history always oh, yeah. Even, like, oh, yeah. having a genuine desire to do right by my community do right, right. by my people do right by my values right. and um knowing that you are under an intense amount of scrutiny yeah. as, a, a, as a business owner, mm-hmm. as a white person, as a Jewish person, right. as a right. woman, as someone in the spiritual community, mm-hmm. as someone who helps other people with all business. these constructs they yeah, put and, on us. And everybody's Crazy. like, what are you going to do? How uh-huh. are you going to respond? Do I approve mm-hmm. of your response? It, it mm-hmm. is a lot. It's a lot. And this was a detour that I hope everyone enjoyed. Because it, it was, was such a detour. detour. <laughs> it was important. Well, yeah. here, I'll pull it back to astrology. Yeah. Um, they, there's a few different ways that we could look at this, right? So like I have Mercury and Gemini, my business okay. is Mercury and Aquarius. Okay. Which both, I think those things go together really I well. I do too. I, I do have too. the ability to communicate through a lot of issues mm-hmm. and through my business, I have the ability to communicate in kind of a high level way. That's like mm-hmm. about us all as a collective looking at concepts and that mm-hmm. does allow me to work through some of these things mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and have the space and the, the mental agility and the communication agility to mm-hmm. work through them. And mm-hmm. I think part of my brand is being very like, let's look toward the future. Right. I'll do that's different. Right. Um, and so I could imagine that if somebody had, say, Mercury in Scorpio and their business had Mercury in Taurus, that would be very, very different. That would be incredibly different because, you know, as you know, I'm pulling up my business birth chart right now because you made me want to think about it. But, you know, Mercury is their planet of communication. So anybody who's looking to work with astrology for their business, like Mercury would be, how do you want to communicate your content? Like where, where, how do you want to communicate it? Right. And what sort of content do you want to communicate about? Which I think is super important. So um, my personal Mercury is in Sagittarius. So our Mercury is just vibe, which I love. And then my business Mercury is in Aquarius. Um, so, you know, again, Sag energy and Aquarius energy, they get along like peanut butter and jelly. So for example, a lot of my content is around exploration. Again, a nod back to that explorer archetype, like let's go deeper or the magician archetype, even let's do more. Let's really understand ourselves. Let's get super woke and really into it. Have you ever heard of astral projection? This is the book you should read. Like that's kind of my content allowing people space as they move through their spiritual awakening and allowing them to remember they're not crazy. You know what I mean? There's just a lot of different moving pieces when you really start this ascension journey, if you will. And I, on my opinion, I believe that both my Mercury's, my Mercury and Sag and my Mercury and Aquarius for my business does a good job of, of highlighting that overall on my content page. So, Yeah. So if someone wants to, well, tell me a little bit about your work. So it could someone come to you to have like astrological support to understand their birth chart better, their business better? Is that something you do or have done? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do all sorts of astrology as long as it's Western. Um, I'm slowly dabbing into the other ones, but not enough to like take clients. That's it's a slow creep. Um, 
But yeah, people can come to me when they go onto my website, they can choose what they're looking for, right? Like, do you want compatibility? Are you looking for business astrology? I have a whole business codes activation option that they can choose. And within that, they would give me their birth chart or the birth chart of their business. And we would just kind of do like complete headfirst dive into what they should pay attention to and what's happening. Like, for example, Jupiter is a great planet to pay attention to for luck and abundance in your business and when to launch. That's a good planet to pay attention to for launching because, you know, Jupiter makes everything bigger, right? Like, for example, Jupiter's crossing over my midheaven this year and which is fantastic. I've admit heaven and Pisces, Jupiter's and Pisces doing that crossover. I'm celebrating already my, my biggest year yet, financially speaking, and not to mention a bunch of beautiful people, including yourself entering into my sphere, right? So all these great things are happening. I knew that was going to happen because I knew that I was going through a Jupiter midheaven transit. This is how we can work with astrology to kind of figure things out, right? Should I lay low? Should I go big? Should I invest? Should I chill out? Should I save? These sorts of big money decisions and launching decisions and business decisions you can make when you're looking at your chart. Is it time for a rebrand? Should I add a different color palette? Should I add on a new program? All these things can be asked depending on what's going on in the stars. Um, yeah. And then as you know, I work with Black Moon Lilith. Um, Black Moon Lilith, and not to like get too, too deep on it, but she is where your shadows live. It's kind of the easiest way for me to, for me to get there. And our shadow work is a necessary part of our spiritual work and our business work, right? If you ask me, I feel like this whole, this whole journey is shadow work. Like since I decided my business name was going to be Starseed Shadows to now I'm here today, I've just been swimming within my shadows and super enjoying it. It took me a while to get there. A lot of facing, you know, money problems and money narratives and imposter syndrome and all this stuff that kind of comes with this whole I'm working online field. And our Black Moon Lilith kind of opens up this window to see a bit more clear where you need to put your focus and attention, right? Like, do I need to do more meditating? Do I need to do more Reiki therapy? Do I need to work with crystals? Like what makes me feel good? Because when I feel good, my business feels good. Everything is in alignment. So Black Moon Lilith is an important piece of understanding your business and how to work with your business. Um, it's, it was foundational for me. I, I literally started this work by working with Lilith. I fell into it again. It just, it just kind of happened that way. I kind of let the universe lead and just kind of lead into it. If everything's working out, then this is what it's supposed to be. So <laughs> try not to fight it, you know? I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Full circle back to the idea of like working with the energy that's present mm-hmm. and going with and versus mm-hmm. trouble against it. Right. Mm. Right. So if someone is say brand new to astrology and they're really wanting to start to figure out how to understand it more, what are some tips that you might have for them? Because there's so much information. It is so overwhelming when you're first yeah, started. It's super overwhelming. And it still can be. Like, as you know, we're, we're forever astrology students. You know, like, I don't even know if an astrology master exists. There's just so much information. Um, my first piece of advice would be to get a, a reading done. That would be my first piece of advice. By somebody you trust, don't just like go online and Google it and the first person you see, but really like kind of dig into the energetics of, do I vibe with this person? Do I not? Because we all teach differently and we all, we all read differently. Right. So take your time and really kind of look at people and get a personal reading done before you even like tip over into the business stuff, you know, and even in a personal reading too, 
you're going to understand your chart, but it's not going to be like 100%. There are so many different layers to our own personal birth charts. It really takes a while to fully understand it, but you'll get it and you'll kind of get where you need to go and where you need to be. One of the things that I have found to be really common with people just starting out is they kind of don't know where to go. Like, they know that they're super spiritual. They know they're really into this work and they know that they're here to help people and they know that they're here to expand their reach, but they have no clue where to go. It's like, it's like choosing between which snack you want. You've got 18 different snacks in front of you, right? It's like, I don't know. I want them all. And astrology in your birth chart can really kind of help you to deuce down where you should be. For example, let's say you have a lot of earth on your birth chart and you want to work with spirituality. You may want to help spiritual people and coaches manage their money, right? People do not equate money to spirituality. And that's a narrative that we also need to get rid of, right? We have accountants just like anybody else. And money is a part of this as well and super important. You may want to be some sort of money coach or people that do that. Let's say you have a lot of water in your birth chart. You may want to lean into the Akashic records. You may want to lean into more intuitive psychic abilities, right? Third eye work. So you may want to do work around strengthening your third eye. You may want to do work around, you know, working underneath a psychic medium to really kind of expand that area, right? Let's say you have a lot of air in your chart, then you may want to work a lot with the study behind the study, right? What are the best books? Where are the best podcasts? Where can we get the best knowledge? Just be a plethora of resources for everybody else to kind of gab to, right? Almost like an influencer in that way. Like this is where you get the good stuff, you know? There are a bunch of different ways that you can work with um, your chart, but for people just starting out, understanding your chart helps you understand where you're supposed to be, what seat at the table you're supposed to sit in. It really does help. Mm. Yes. Yes. I love that so much. Yeah. Yay. We're almost in an hour. It's been so good to have you here and to like talk with you and even like go through our detours. And now I know that you have Mercury and Sag. I have Mercury and Gemini. Detours are the name of the game. Detours <laughs> are the name <laughs> of the go game. All the places. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. All the places will go. Um, I would love for you to share with people what What's going on in your business right now? What are you really excited about? And where can people find you? What are you offering right now? How can people work with you? I love it. I love it. Um, what's going on in my business? What am I really excited about? So you can find me at Starseed Shadows everywhere. TikTok, the gram, YouTube. My podcast is The Goddess Complex. Um, I'll make sure you get a link for that. And I am, it's open enrollment for the Divinity Series right now, which is my online group coaching program. It's heavily into spirituality. So we do a little bit of business, but it's more so for spiritual development that overlaps into business. And um, you can always book a Divinity call if you're interested in working with me on that level. I do have a workshop coming out called Ascension Symptoms. It's going to be a live channeling. And we're just going to dig into what are Ascension Symptoms? look like? How do they feel? How can we get over it? What happens here? I am Starseed. I work a lot with Starseed stuff. So that's all over my content. That's going to be on April 27th, the Venus-Neptune conjunction. Uh, So I am capping it. So if anybody is interested, I would book sooner than later. And yeah, that's what I have going on currently right now. I love it. And real quick, just because you mentioned it for anyone who might not be familiar with this uh, concept of star seeds, you want to share what that is? 
Yeah. Ah, yeah. It's super esoteric. So essentially, and also what I'll say is the episode I have, by the time people are listening to this, it's already going to be out. It's coming out on March 24th. And the episode is entitled, titled, what is a starseed? So yeah. So check out the goddess complex if you want to learn more, but essentially a starseed is an old soul, right? It's an old soul that has been here for a long time, that is here to help in the ascension, the movement of the collective of earthlings here. So I'm sure people, maybe they haven't have heard of uh, Pleiadians, Arcturians, Andromedans, all of that. There's a whole bunch of starseed galactic races up there in the ethers above. And I think we can all get behind that. I feel like, and you know, not to be brunt, but I am a Sagittarius. If you don't believe in aliens this day and age, what are you doing? Like, there's no way we're alone. It's literally impossible. The CIA subtly dropped that like, oh yeah, we've made contact, but they did it like early in the days of the pandemic when everyone was like real hype about it. We're like, oh, by the way, Mm -hmm. totally there's aliens. And I got glossed over. I am so glad you mentioned that because that's exactly what happened. It was literally in the news, got totally glossed over. They did it totally on purpose. It's a whole vibe. Um, But yeah, so essentially Starseeds, we're here to help light workers. We're here to help humanity. We're here to kind of facilitate this push into the 5D from the 3D. The 4D is the astral plane. We're literally trying to make this jump right now. A lot of people think that, oh, what am I going to do? Am I going to wake up tomorrow? And is the sky going to be purple and the grass going to be orange? No, 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 no. This is this is a transition into a a new way of thinking, a new frame of mind. It's an evolution of the soul that only extends out into our physical body and our emotional body too. That's the shift that people talk about when they talk about this 5D shift. And um, we're in it. For example, my biggest thing that I love to, to know is the uptick in people wanting to do spiritual work. That's not on accident. 10 years ago, was this even a thing? It wasn't even a thing. I remember having to hide my tarot card. I was going to say, yeah, like I didn't tell everyone that I didn't read tarot for other people. Mm -hmm. 20 years. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Like I started reading tarot when I was 13. Mm -hmm. I would maybe every once in a while do it for like a very close friend or a lover. Yes. But I never read for other people until really a few years ago. Super taboo. And one thing that I noticed when Neptune went into Pisces in the early 2000s. That was when shit hit the fan and everybody's like, oh my God, this is cool. Like, I kind of want to do this. Like what's happening here? Nothing is by accident. And it just goes to show how all of this work overlaps on itself. Right. You know, and it truly does. And I've noticed that in my work at this point in my work, when somebody sees me for a one-on-one, they're getting the Akash, they're getting tarot, they're getting astral. Like it's all happening at once. And it kind of happened on accident. So trying to figure that out, but I'm here for it (laughs) and it works and my clients are happy, but, um, yeah, I'm tangenting. I wasn't sure I was going with that, but there it is. (laughs) It's it's making me think of, so I, astrology weaves into my work. For those of you who might be new to my business, I have a program called master moon collective. It's currently in its fourth year and it is a year long life coaching cohort that is themed on astrology. So I'm not an astrologer, but I'm someone who follows the moon phases and I'm paying attention and I use it in my own life. And when I was looking for um, like a kind of a structure to build a longer program on one of my clients who had, I had just put out a guide, um, uh, uh, like a free PDF that was like how to use the phases of the moon for manifestation. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I would love to do something that was on the phases of the moon. And it clicked to me that like using new and full moons just for like intention setting and release, even in mm-hmm. a group was a really cool way to structure 
a group coaching program. So mm-hmm. that was where Master Moon came from. And um, they have a book uh, now, but it used to be that they got newsletters from me or like a workbook on the new yeah. moon. And so I was always writing these workbooks where I would research all of everything that was going on and right. I write up a little summary to the best of my ability of like, here's what's happening right now with this moon. Here's like, mm-hmm. here's what this moon is new moon. Plus there's a little other stuff happening, very yeah. book summaries, and then some journaling prompts, right? That was like what they would get. And so because I've launched this four times now, I have all these emails, all these workbooks, all these things that I've written. And when I was launching this year, I was going through previous launch emails and I found the email that I wrote to the collective at the end, December of 2019, about Mm. 2020. And I was floored because I wrote them this thing about how the astrology of 2020 was was crazy. Everything was going to be changing. That Mm -hmm. we were pulling down society to the Mm -hmm. sky. That we were going to be changing the way we think, the way we work, the way we do relationships, the way we live in our homes. And I didn't know what I was talking about. Yeah. I had no way of being like, it will be in the form of a global pandemic. I just, here's what I'm seeing. Here's what I'm reading. Here's how I'm interpreting it. And Mm -hmm. it's going to be spiritual people, healers, light workers, artists to the front. We're up. It's our time. We're up. It's our time. I love it. And they're going to need the yeah. people who are comfortable in, in the chaos, which is right. what workers as being is comfortable. Yeah. In yeah. Like, oh, everything's falling apart. Welcome. <laughs> right. Right. Let's oh, do some just, breath work. Let's get you some chamomile tea, boo. Right. You just get you a nice little crystal. No of everything. Welcome. We've Mama. been knowing. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the people who are comfortable with like, oh, we've never had control. You just yeah. figured that out. Come on. Right, over. right. And exactly. Thing. And I was like, yeah, even for me as someone who's not an astrologer professionally, mm-hmm. being able to use this guide, I looked back and I was like, this is the story of 2020 before 2020 happened. Yeah. I'm really amazed with how much the planet spelled that out for me. I didn't guess mm-hmm. that. I didn't, do it. Mm-hmm. I don't consider myself a psychic in that way. That's not where my gifts mm-hmm. are. I see it. I just read the shit. That's that's what's crazy head. about astrology is literally when you're with an, a good astrologer, and I would consider you an astrologer, just putting that out there. Um, when you're working with an astrologer and they know how to read the planets, it's always spot on it like it's it's still crazy to me even though I've done so many readings and seen it manifest so many times it's still just nuts how spot on astrology is all the time yeah it's crazy well okay I asked you where people could find you and then we tangent it again so before we wrap up one last mm-hmm. question that I'll just give you based on that um are there any things that are like coming up in the astrology that you want people to be aware of good things I mean, well, I mean, there's a few things. Like I said, Jupiter is transiting Pisces and Aries over this next year. Hoorah for that. That is a good omen for everybody involved. We we like it. Jupiter loves the fire because Jupiter is Sagittarius ruled or Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter. Jupiter loves Pisces because that's the traditional ruler. Luck, abundance, um, easy money coming in, really understanding where your gifts are. Like the Jupiter in Pisces is just such a beautiful vibe. Pisces energy is filled with spirituality and the astral realm and I transcend is the key word for Pisces energy. So we should all be really putting a lot of emphasis on our spiritual routine this year in general. If we want to see the 
the gifts of that spreading out into other parts of our lives, whether it's our business, our relationships, our babies, whatever it is, uh, working on you and your spiritual self, it's only going to trickle into every single part of your life. So, you know, I think we forget about that sometimes. You need to be number one always, you know, you have to. Always in Mm -hmm. all ways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. Thank you so much for talking with me today. And to everyone who is into this, who's excited about Ashley, wants to get to know her better. All of her links are going to be in the show notes. You'll be able to find her. She's Starseed Shadows on Instagram and all the things, but all of those links will also be in the show notes. Thank you as always for being with us and for joining us in our weird and wonderful talks about life, the universe, Uh, and everything. I love it. So good. That's our episode for today. Thank you as always for being here and for listening to the podcast. I know there are so many things that you could be doing with your time. So many things you could be listening to. It is an honor that you choose to be here. Connect with me on Instagram at intuitive edge coaching or join my Facebook group unstuck group to suggest topics or people that you'd like to hear me interview on this show. Have a great day.